Hello, oppressors and oppressed alike. It is March 9th. 2021, I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message. And before you do anything else, I want you to click that subscribe button, click that notification bell and see what happens. All right, we got a big show for you today. We're doing four stories, one involving Joe Biden, the man has problems. Uh, The second one involving Don Lemon, the man has problems. Uh, The third one involving the New York Times, the paper has problems. And the fourth involving San Francisco, a city with problems. Before we get to any of that though, guys, I wanna talk to you about Ancestry.com. You know, there are many paths to finding your family story. Whichever way you choose, tracing your family generations back with a family tree or uncovering your ethnicity with Ancestry DNA, it's easy to get started with Ancestry. You could find a famous relative or perhaps a photo of your great grandma as a little girl. Whatever you find, it's sure to change the whole way you look at your family history and yourself. After all, the story of your family is the story of you. With the ongoing pandemic, it's easy to feel disconnected from your loved ones, but researching your history is a fun activity for the whole family to enjoy. And the stories you learn about your shared past can bring you closer together. For example, yesterday I found out that I'm part of the British royal family. Just kidding, I didn't find that out, but we have traced my family back to like over 200 years to Lithuania. Uh, Ancestry DNA can reveal ethnic origins and provide historical details that bring your unique family stories to life. Ancestry DNA doesn't just tell you which countries you're from, but can also pinpoint the specific regions within them, giving you insightful geographic detail about your history. Trace the paths of your recent ancestors and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. No other DNA test delivers such a unique interactive experience. Grab an Ancestry DNA kit and start a free trial to amplify your discoveries with Ancestry's billions of records. And now through March 17th, with Ancestry.com St. Patrick's Day sale, you can find your family's connections to Ireland. Start exploring your family story today. Head to my URL at Ancestry.com slash Ruben to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial. That's Ancestry.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, guys. So, you know, we've done a bunch of stories here, probably over the course of a couple months where Joe Biden either doesn't know where he is, doesn't know who he's talking to, forgets what he's talking about, et cetera, et cetera. And I always preface all of these stories by saying, I'm not mocking those with dementia. I'm not mocking those with cognitive problems. I've mentioned a few times uh, that my grandmother had dementia, sort of the beginnings of Alzheimer's. And when I was doing stand-up in New York, so I was working mostly at nights, I would spend a lot of time with her during the days and I used to take her to doctors and geriatric doctors and talk about the medications and all that stuff and you know the constant repetition and forgetting words and frustration and, and all of those weird things. One of the interesting things that ended up happening to my grandmother was she started in her later years to forget a lot of her problems and then in many ways in her last two or three years was the happiest that I ever remember her to be. It was an odd side effect of I guess forgetting some of your past, which is sort of depressing at some level, but but a weird a weird side effect nonetheless. Anyway, I don't bring up the Joe Biden stuff to mock people with these problems. These these are serious problems. Alzheimer's is perhaps the the in some ways the worst of all diseases that that you could end up with, right? Like a horrific way to die. Like there there are other. I mean, Lou Gehrig's disease. There there's some others that are that are pretty horrible. But I I don't bring up the Joe Biden stuff 
to mock any of this, um, even though it's very easy to do that. But there is a massive problem that we have right now. And we're gonna show you a clip in just a second that's going viral right now. But the massive problem is not just that it is very obvious to anyone that's paying attention that something is wrong with Joe Biden, but it's that we've all known it since before he was elected and no one in mainstream media will talk about it. And you have to remember the machinery that is around the president of the United States. Do you think that Dr. Joe Bi uh, Jill Biden does not know about Joe Biden? Do you think that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and all of the people around all of this, and you don't think Kamala Harris is licking her chops, and you don't think it's perhaps a national security threat that the president of the United States is having trouble remembering basic things and several times saying he doesn't even know where he is, but you wouldn't know any of this if you only watch mainstream media. Why is it that CNN refuses to cover this? Why is it that MSNBC refuses to cover this? And then yesterday, when the clip that we're about to show you went viral and it went bananas viral on Twitter. What did Twitter do? Well, it actually allowed it to go viral in the in the section, you know, with the section where they show you what's trending, but they added commentary to point to a moment about a year ago when Donald Trump act accidentally called Tim Cook of Apple, the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, when he actually called him Tim Apple instead of Tim Cook. So they added this editorial thing so that, yeah, you'd maybe see the Biden clip that we're gonna show you in just a moment, but really what would trigger you in your brain would be, oh, but Donald Trump once screwed up somebody's name. But we're well beyond the point of screwing up someone's name. Everyone screws up someone's name every now and again. Everyone, you might forget an instance or something, like everyone has, some stuff, you could be very busy and not remember exactly what happened. What All of that stuff is there. But we, we actually have a massive scandal unfolding right now. And the bigger scandal is that we're not even allowed to talk about the scandal. So this is Joe Biden yesterday. He not only can't remember who his Secretary of Defense is, he can't even remember where the Secretary of Defense works. You might've heard of the place, it starts with a P. Let's take a look. So I wanna thank you both and I wanna thank the, the the uh, former general, I keep calling him general, but my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I wanna make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we've just talked about and for recommending these two women for promotion. Thank you all, may God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Okay, so joking aside, glibness aside, that's just depressing. He says the guy who runs that outfit over there, because not only can't he remember the defense secretary's name, he can't remember that the defense secretary works at the Pentagon. What's even more bizarre about this is, you know it is very, very obvious, we all know this, that Joe Biden is obviously not just going up there and speaking off the top of his head. Now he has notes, right? I've got, I've got a couple notes here when I do this show. Uh, but he also has a teleprompter, which means he's just reading. All he has to do is read off the teleprompter. I, I've mentioned this a couple times before. Sometimes uh, I read off a teleprompter, like when I'm doing this show, I'm not reading off a teleprompter right now, I'm just talking directly to you, but if I'm reading a quote, we put it on the teleprompter so I can look directly at you while I'm reading the specific quote. And by the way, reading off a teleprompter, it is a little bit of a skill. It is not the easiest thing. When you see anyone, even great orators, when you see Donald Trump 
speaking and he goes off the cuff a lot, but you know, the way that politicians are able to look over here and look over here and look straight and keep on point, it's because they're looking at different teleprompters. Often what they have, sometimes you can see them at like the conventions. I, I have a very vivid memory of watching Barack Obama give a speech at the height of Obama's popularity. And you can see they have like these blank, it's basically like a blank screen. So it looks basically like, like a piece of glass and using a reflection usually, they can just read off it. So you read part here, then you read part here, then you read part here, and it looks like you're paying attention and completely extemporaneous and the rest of it. What's disturbing about this is he can't remember not only the defense secretary's name, he can't remember the Pentagon, and then he seemingly can't remember the name of those two women, but he's supposedly reading this all off a, temp, uh, off a teleprompter as well. So that is a little disturbing. Is his ability to read breaking down? Is the teleprompter guy screwing with him? And then at the end, the way he kind of stands there, and it's like he knows something's not right. So anyway, I'm not doing this all as some like partisan, you know, the Democrats are evil kind of thing, but the Democrats are kind of evil. The fact that the entire machine knows this, and this man is not going to be president for four years, and where is anyone talking about this? So this is another one of those things when I talk about how we're in a reality war. If you have friends that only watch CNN, only watch MSNBC, only read the Washington Post and the New York Times, and they don't pay attention to what's on YouTube, and Twitter and everything else, they would never know about this. So then you might say to them, hey, you know, Joe Biden's been forgetting where he is and can't remember the name of his defense secretary and the rest of it. And then they'd go, well, I don't, I, I never heard of any of that. Well, and it's like, well, then you kind of live in two different realities. And the, the, the bigger issue here is that at some point it's going to get so bad and their ability to hide him where he hasn't given an official press conference yet. We know he didn't do a State of the Union. They won't be able to hide him. You know, they're gonna keep hiding him as much as possible, but at some point they won't be able to hide him enough or, or there will be just like an accidental breakdown in, in full public view, like a full on breakdown. And then what's going to happen? And mark my words, we can bookmark this video all of the people around him are going to have to turn on each other. They are going to have, they're gonna be like rats on a sinking ship trying to get off that ship, but there ain't gonna be nowhere to go because they, they're all in on it together. They're all in on a very evil secret that the president of the United States is mentally compromised. I mean, this is the guy that with, the, which, with the launch codes for the nukes. And he doesn't have to ask anybody, I'm pretty sure. He can just go launch some nukes. You know what one of the side effects of dementia is? It's, it's anger, sudden outbursts, things like that. Do you think that this is a problem? By the way, completely unrelated. They got rid of the two dogs. I guess they had two German shepherds at the White House, two of Biden's dogs, and apparently one of them bit somebody yesterday, so they're sending them back to Delaware. And I guess, wasn't it a few weeks ago or right before he was sworn in, he apparently pulled a dog's tail and that's what caused him to fall and break his foot. I mean, we're, the script writers aren't even that good with any of this stuff. Anyway, I'm gonna keep showing you this stuff because it needs to be seen. It just needs to be seen, like something ain't right here. And, and by the way, if you're an enemy of America, uh, don't pay too much attention to this. Everything's fine. There's nothing to see here, okay. Uh, all right, let's move on to Don Lemon of the uh, news network formerly known as CNN. Uh, Don Lemon is an anchor over at CNN. We, we used to be kind of friendly, actually. I, I had him on the show once a long time ago. Uh, but you guys may have seen this Harry, Prince Harry, Meghan Markle interview with Oprah from a day or two ago. I didn't cover it yesterday because I just don't really care about this stuff. It's just not something that I'm that interested in. There's a lot of things going on in the world. I don't really care about the British monarchy. I did watch, um, I did watch The Crown. I, I did 
like Downton Abbey, not exactly about the crown, but I do like some of that stuff, but like it doesn't seem that relevant that a bunch of rich people have some issues and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it was going viral yesterday, but I thought this was interesting. So in it, in the interview, they talk about sort of racism within the royal family. And we don't even have to get into all the specifics about that, but Don Lemon was analyzing it yesterday on CNN and, and listen to what he says here about accusations of racism. It's, it's really interesting. Brianna, also, people say, well, we haven't heard from the other side. What's the other side going to say? They're going to say, oh, of course, we're, we're not racist or whatever. But what did they do? Think about their actions. They, they did not stand up for their own because their own was married to a black woman, had a black child. They didn't listen to him inside of the royal family. They let him go. They let him leave the country. They wouldn't come to terms with what they wanted to do. So, listen, we've only heard from one side, but that one side at this point rings very true. Oh, right, we've only heard from one side, the side accusing the other side of being racist, but that rings true. So, you know, we're just gonna run with that because we're journalists over here at CNN. I mean, that, that is pure nonsensical drivel. Now, without getting into all the minutia of the whole thing, in essence, Meghan Markle, who married Prince Harry, is claiming that there was some racism within the family because apparently, and I swear to you, I don't pay attention to this stuff, so I swear to you, until today, I did not know that, I'm being told, she's a quarter black. I did not know that. She looks white to me. She looks like a white Italian girl that I grew up with in Long Island. That's what she looks like to me. I didn't know she was a quarter black. I don't particularly care that she's a quarter black, but she's saying that they, there was some racism in the family around her quarter blackness. Now, I wanna just read the quote from Lemon again. We've got the quote here. What's the other side going to say? They're going to say, of course we're not racist or whatever. We have only heard from one side, but that one side at this point rings very true. You know, this accusation of racism, I, I know you guys know this because we see this get thrown. This is what the left does with absolutely everything. This is what the wokesters do with absolutely everything. Everyone who disagrees with them is a racist. And not only are you, even if you agree with them, you still might be a racist because you have to be actively anti-racist, which in most cases actually means racist because you're constantly obsessed with race. But this, this accusation and that, oh, well, what, of course they're gonna say they're not racist because that's what a racist would say. Think how deeply dangerous that is. Think how reverse of due process that is or, or, of, or of any sort of um, basic ability to have a functional society where you can defend yourself from an accusation. So someone can just accuse you of something. I mean, imagine if someone just accused Don Lemon of pedophilia and then it was like, well, Don, you're a pedophile. So, and then, well, you denied it? Well, of course that's what a pedophile would do. And, and in a weird way, I was discussing this with Greg Gutfeld yesterday, just privately. So Greg, shout out to you, because this sort of came from you first. But what we were talking about basically was, you know, if you accuse someone uh, of pedophilia, right? That's, that's basically like the worst thing you could be accused of, right? Let's say you accuse someone of pedophilia and it's, uh, and it's not true. Well, then I'm pretty sure at that point, that person could sue you either for libel or slander, right? You'd have a pretty, if you could prove that you weren't a pedophile, although the burden of proof shouldn't be on you, but. In essence, you'd be accusing someone of something that they are not, and then there are legal ramifications that people have to fight back against that. How is that very different than baselessly being accused of being a racist, right? But we let everyone accuse everyone of being a racist, and this is a very, very dangerous thing. I wanna pull up one other thing here, because I truly did not know 
I did not know, I don't care about these things. I don't really care about the royal family that much. You know, we left England because we weren't thrilled with the royal family. Um, I like them in sitcoms, but like that's pretty much it for me. And I would loosely quote Lieutenant Frank Drebin from uh, Naked Gun, and I posted this video yesterday that for as silly as the idea of a queen is, we must treat these people with respect, okay? So that's my feelings on the whole thing. But I truly did not know that Meghan Markle was a quarter black, I suppose. And that means that her baby, because this was all about her baby, that they were saying something about the baby, the baby was too dark or something. The baby's an eighth, I guess that means the baby. If she's a quarter, right, then that means the baby's an eighth black. So let's put the picture up. So this is, this is her and the baby. That's her and the baby, okay. She looks white to me. I mean, she looks like every Italian girl that I knew in Long Island growing up, okay? That's what she looks like to me. And, and the baby looks white, but I don't care. I wanna be very clear about this. I don't care. And I don't think anyone else cares. And I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess that no one really in the royal family cared either, that you're telling me someone in the royal family saw that baby and thought that that baby uh, was too black and that was gonna create a problem? Like, this is all, this is literally like some of the most powerful people in the world being interviewed by a billionaire going, woe is me. And anyway, I only bring this up, not even to make it all about that, but this was really more about what Don Lemon did there, which is just so dangerous because any of us could be accused of anything. And then if their answer is, oh, but saying you're not the racist, you're not the pedophile, well, that proves that you are. Well, that's a, that's a really dangerous game. By the way, just in the last few minutes, Piers Morgan, who was a terrible, terrible interviewer who uh, replaced my friend Larry King over at CNN years ago, and then in many ways led to the downfall. So much of what's wrong with CNN, the overly sensational headlines and just the complete destruction of journalism had to do with them bringing Piers Morgan aboard. Uh, he just quit the UK morning show, Good Morning Britain, after one of his co-hosts, I think it was what the weatherman, was criticizing uh, his behavior towards Meghan. And uh, then uh, Piers Morgan, I just saw this right before we started, he then stormed off the air. So now he's left the UK morning show. However, will they continue? We'll find out. Uh, but speaking of terrible places of journalism, not journalism, uh, the New York Times did a incredible, really, I would say a staggeringly ridiculous hit piece on Missouri Senator Josh Hawley the other day. The headline is, Josh Hawley is not going anywhere. How did he get here? Now, okay, now first off, we know that if the New York Times is going to do a profile on a Republican, we know, I mean, you already know where this is going. You think you know where this is going? He's kind of some kind of right-wing maniac. Maybe he's a, a racist or a homophobe or a transphobe, something like that. Yeah, you know that. So we know, of course, if the New York Times is gonna you know, do a piece on one of these people, of course, they're gonna put them in the worst light. And if they're gonna do a piece on a Democrat, like try to imagine what a New York piece a New York Times piece on AOC or on Ilhan Omar would look like. Um, but the reason I wanted to show you this one is because it is so staggeringly ridiculous that even the embarrassing New York Times should be doubly embarrassed by how bad this hit piece is. So here's the exact quote, it's just incredible. In recent weeks, some of Mr. Hawley's old classmates and teachers have been aghast at his role in undermining confidence in America's elections. I've become, I've been very disappointed to see who he has become, said Kristen Ruder Thompson, a close friend growing up who was once Mr. Hawley's prom date. 
Even his middle school principal, Barbara Weebling, has weighed in. I'm not surprised he's a politician and that he's shooting for the presidency, says Mrs. Weebling, a vocal supporter of Democrats. The only thing is, I think he had a strict moral upbringing and I was really disappointed that he would suck the country into the lies that Trump told about the election. I just think that's wrong. You know what I think is wrong, New York Times? I think it's you writing a hit piece on a senator going to find people that he was friends with in middle school, the girl he dated for the prom, and talking to some of his old teachers as if that frames anything. They're telling us that this woman is a Democrat. Her feelings are utterly irrelevant. And do you think you're, you're not gonna believe where I'm gonna go with this one, guys. Do you think it's possible that, that his feelings and knowledge about the world might have changed in the 20 plus years since he's been out of high school? Does any of that seem relevant? Do you, anyone watching this right now, want to be judged as the person you were in high school? And does it really matter what your junior high principal or the gym teacher thought of your politics and how they've evolved? This is absolute ridiculous, but this is what passes as journalism at the New York Times, and it's just it's just incredible. So I wanted to give you just a little a little bite of that because if you have friends that still still subscribe to the New York Times, you have to sit them down, and you have to sit them down, and you have to say, "Are you okay? Are you okay? We can find better things to do with this money." Can somebody? How much is a yearly subscription to the New York Times? Let's find it out. Let's find out what it is, and I'll try to come up on the fly with some things that would be a better a better use of the money. It's gotta be what, a couple hundred bucks? Yearly subscription to the Times, we're, we're gonna work on that. We'll get back to that. All right, I'm gonna jump on to the next story. We're gonna work on that one. Um, oh, it's, okay, so it looks like it's $17, $8 every four weeks for one year. $8 every four weeks for one year. Give me the math on that. Bust out some math for me. Who's got a math? You got, a, you got one of them there calculators on that computer? <laughs> It's $8 every four weeks for one year. So multiply that by 52. Can you do that? Eight times 52. Somebody help me here. We're ballparking. It's about 400 bucks. It seems like it's about 400 bucks. Work with me. Yeah, yeah about 400 bucks. Okay, boy, I've got two mathematicians over here. Okay. Um, the point is for $400, whoever you are, I'm sure you can find better things to do. You could buy a really great bottle of like high-end tequila. I've been into tequila lately. You guys know me as a wine guy, but really feeling uh, some tequilas lately. You get a great bottle of tequila and I assure you, after downing an entire bottle of tequila, you will feel better than reading cover to cover the New York Times. Uh, okay, we got one more for you. So we did a ridiculous story on Joe Biden. We did a ridiculous story on Don Lemon. We did a ridiculous story on the New York Times. And now we'll do a ridiculous story on the San Francisco area, because this is, this is just incredible. We're gonna show you some videos. So 10 Bay Area, so this is San Francisco area, Walgreens, and of course you guys all know Walgreens is the, uh, the drugstore, pharmacy store. Uh, 10 Bay Area Walgreens are closing right now. And you might say, well, they must be closing because we're in a pandemic and people aren't going out as much and they're ordering things from Amazon and it makes sense that they're closing. Well, actually, that's not why they're closing. They're closing because of the ridiculous laws or lack thereof uh, that are being passed in San Francisco where pretty much crime is no longer a crime. Here's some video from Inside Edition. Empty shelves at this Walgreens drugstore, and it's not because of pandemic-related panic shopping. 
Now the store is closing due to what local reports are calling a spree of rampant shoplifting. And look at this. Just 15 minutes after an Inside Edition crew showed up at the drugstore, we found this guy jumping over the front counter, taking an airbed, and leaving the store on his scooter. No questions asked, no one stopping him. Okay, there's a lot to talk about there from that video. Uh, before we do anything else, the end of the video is just spectacular. So here's a guy, he doesn't mind he's being videotaped apparently by Inside Edition. He hops the counter, he steals an air mattress. Now, first off, air mattresses, I think we can all agree, air mattresses are just absolutely terrible. Anytime anyone in the history of the world has ever slept on an air mattress, it slowly deflates overnight, it collapses onto you, you end up waking up in a sweaty, gross, covered in rubber and plastic. They're absolutely horrible and disgusting. So this guy will get what he deserves. Sure, he may not be going to jail for, for stealing the air mattress, but when he wakes up in, in a hot, gross, stinky sweat, it will be just desserts. Uh, but most interestingly, what happened there, I thought, was what happened in those last five seconds because that woman appeared to hold the door open for the criminal. Let's take a look. Taking an airbed and leaving the store on his scooter. No questions asked, no one stopping him. Oh, are you stealing an air mattress from Walgreens? Allow me. <laughs> That's what white people have to do in an anti-racist society, by the way. If you see a black guy stealing uh, a, you know, an air mattress or pretty much anything, you've got to, unless, because you don't want to be accused of racism, you've got to hold the door open. Oh, please, <laughs> you certainly, are you sure? Did you get anything from the pharmacy? Because I, you know, there's probably some preparation H back there. Oh, lordy, lordy. But okay, so in essence, what's happening here is that San Francisco, which I would argue is probably the worst of all the cities right now. I mean, I guess Portland, you really could make an argument. I named the big five on Fox this morning. I was on Harris Faulkner show. I mean, I would say the big five, you got, you got Portland, you got Seattle, you got San Francisco, LA, New York. Like there's, there's an argument to be made about which falls where on that. Um, but in essence, what's happening right now in San Francisco is that theft of less than $950 in goods is treated as a nonviolent misdemeanor under California law. And in most cases for shoplifting, the criminal is just released. So I want you to really think about this. If you walk into a store and steal less than $950, in essence, sure, maybe the guy at Best Buy or at Target or at Walgreens is gonna try to stop you, right? Like the, the guy who's sitting at the counter, you know, usually, and it's usually a pretty fat guy that's just sitting there, right? Like trying to stop people from walking through the automatically opening doors. Like he's probably not gonna stop you. So in essence, you can steal $949 worth of stuff and you're good to go. That means you could walk in to Best Buy, steal a PlayStation 5. How much is a PlayStation 5 going for these days? I'm guessing around 300 bucks. 300 bucks or so, 400 bucks? 400 bucks for a play. All right, that you guys both knew. Okay, fine. Uh, 400 bucks for a PlayStation. The games are going for probably what? Like 50 bucks a pop? So you get 60 bucks a pop. Boy, I really now I know what you guys are doing now. So that means you could steal what? Like six games, roughly about six. No, maybe even more than that. You get like... You could get like eight games. You could steal eight PlayStation 5 games, roughly, work with me on the math here. Uh, you could steal about eight PlayStation 5 games, get a PlayStation system. You need an extra controller. How much is a controller gonna cost now? That's gotta cost a good 60 bucks for an extra controller, those bastards. So, all right, so let's dump one of the games. So you're gonna get about seven games, an extra controller and a PlayStation 5 system, and nobody can stop you. So why even pay for it? 
Do you see why San Francisco is a shithole? Do you see why California is crumbling? Do you see why they export all of their bad ideas and then send them to Los Angeles? So right now we have the former DA, this guy, George Gascon, who, who was the horrific district attorney of San Francisco who ruined, absolutely ruined San Francisco. Most of you have probably heard the story. I was out to dinner one night in San Francisco with Candace Owens and we had security with us and we were in, a, in an Escalade, it's a fancy car. And with security with us, we went to Morton's Steakhouse. So it's a nice steakhouse. We're in a fancy restaurant on a nice street. I left my bag in the car they busted into the car, stole my bag, my, my computer was in there, my, my notebook was in there, you know, a bunch, bunch of other stuff. I had just bought the bag, I was pretty pissed. Um, and when I tweeted out the shattered glass all over the floor on the street, I tweeted out, I said, this just happened to us in San Francisco. Um, I had literally hundreds of people saying, well, what kind of schmuck leaves a bag in a car in San Francisco? Like, this is a known thing. So all of this is just so consistent with Progressive 101. They tell you they're trying to do something nice. We don't want to arrest as many people, so we're not going to do anything if you steal PlayStations and if you break into cars and if you smoke crack on the corner or whatever it might be. They're trying to be nice and what it does is it increases the drug use, it increases the crime, it increases homelessness and everything else. But don't take my word for it, just go to any of these uh, cities. Just go to any of these cities and see what's going on. Come visit us here in Los Angeles. Here, I'll do an advertisement for Los Angeles. Come visit us here in Eric Garcetti's Los Angeles, where you can go under the 405 and under any bridge on the 405, you can find a spectacular set of homeless people building shelters that sometimes, they sometimes put extensions. One day you'll be driving by and you'll go, boy, they've put up a really nice little tent city there. And then you go the next day and you go, man, they really expanded that thing. These people are working, okay? These people are working hard. Anyway, I think you can see the point here that, that every progressive policy does the reverse. And now we literally have 10 Walgreens. You know, in a time of pandemic, a time of mass sickness, Perhaps we need more drugstores, but 10 Bay Area stores are closing. We've got people stealing air mattresses, white women holding doors for black men as they run out of the stores. Something is rotten in Stinktown, literally, people. All right, guys, uh, part one of my interview with uh, Fox News' Dana Perino, all about her new book and some of the inner workings of the White House because she was former press secretary for George W. Bush, oh, and her new book was released uh, this morning. That is up on YouTube, and of course, the full episode is up totally ad-free at rubinreport.locals.com. We will be announcing another live meetup in the SoCal area, probably uh, in OC, Orange County, in the next couple weeks, so you can jump on uh, rubinreport.locals.com and find out what's what. And uh, all right, that's all I got for you today. I have a busy day of meetings and some other stuff. I think we're gonna have salads for lunch around here. And uh, you know what? You know what? I feel good about today's show. And, and you guys were working hard. You too. My, my director and my producer were working hard. You know what, guys? We're going to Best Buy and we're going to steal some shit. All right? All right? Who wants Crash Bandicoot? You want Crash Bandicoot? Is he still around? Oh, Crash is gone. Crash Bandicoot's gone. Sonic, they got... Oh, he's back? He's, all right. We're going to go steal some stuff at, at Best Buy. Maybe, we'll, maybe I'll live stream it. So stay tuned. And uh, I'll see you guys later. All right.